In today's show, we are recapping the 2021 NBA draft. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Recording this straight after the end of the NBA draft. I'm going to go through these picks 1 through 60 and give my immediate reactions. Tomorrow... On the show, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do an extra show tomorrow. I'm going to do it team by team with a little bit more time to marinate on the picks, a little bit more, but this is an immediate reaction to uh, what's happened in this entire draft. And we're also going to talk about the trades that went down. But before I do that, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Tell them to visit or tell them that Locked On sent you. Okay, let's talk trades and the big trade. Russell Westbrook goes to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for two future second-round picks. The Wizards get back the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma. They get back pick 22, which I wrote down twice there for some reason. They get back Montrez Harrell and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, I, I don't know what this means for the Lakers for fantasy-wise. Yes, Westbrook will take shots, rebounds, and assists away from LeBron and Anthony Davis. It will happen. He will not be the high usage guy that he was in the past. We've seen him dial that down in Washington and in Toronto, uh, sorry, and in Houston, but it's still obviously really interesting. But the Lakers roster, there's no one on it. There's like four blokes that are signed there. So there's a lot of things that will still change there. I don't think this makes them overwhelming title favorites at all. I don't think that Westbrook moves the needle massively for them at all, but I'd like to see what else they do in terms of free agency and how they fill in those gaps. For the Wizards, Bradley Beal is staying. He is not moving apparently. This is what he wants. He wants to be the main guy on a team and he wants to stay in Washington and he's getting those things. So his usage is going to go through the roof. His assist rate will go up. Uh, Other players will get their usage to go up. Other players will get their rebound rates to go up. So it helps guys like Davis Bertans, whatever happens at center between Dan Gafford and um, Thomas Bryant there, whoever's that starting center, whatever they do with that rotation. Denny Avdia gets helped out as well. There's lots of different things that can happen in Washington, but that's the first strike. Kuzma and Harrell in that mix, but there's still so much. The Wizards have got about four or five centers under, under contract. So there are still plenty of things that can go down. So no immediate fantasy reactions from, from really any of these deals. But that is a trade that went down. Another trade that went down, Landry Shamet goes to Phoenix in exchange for Javon Carter and pick 29. We'll talk about what pick 29 was a little bit later on, as we will with pick 22, which the Wizards picked and then traded that on anyway. Um, yeah, look, I don't really understand this from the Nets' point of view. They ended up with a ton of draft picks in this draft. I think Shamet's a better player than Carter. Obviously, Carter is more of a defensive player. Shamet's that offensive three-point bomber. Shamet's value often gets overrated, especially in fantasy circles. But he's a useful backup guard for the Suns. It will take those Galloway minutes, which you know, weren't particularly great, or each one more minutes, and that's fine. Or even some of the Javon Carter minutes. And Carter just sort of plays a, a bit like Bruce Brown, although the Shark was playing more up as a power forward center. 
Carter can come in and be useful. They were running Lawawu Cabrero and Tyler Johnson and those sort of guys. You don't want Carter to be relied upon to be a point guard, but he is a guy that's shown some ability to shoot at times, but more, more there, he's just to be a disruptive defensive playmaker. We also had Torian Prince, a 2022 second round pick, and Cash going to Minnesota for ravishing Rick Rubio. Um, Rubio comes in and is the backup point guard in Cleveland. No, I don't think this impacts Darius Garland negatively. I still think that they are looking to move on from uh, Colin Sexton. I think there's still a possibility for that, but Rubio is not going to be a draftable player here, and this doesn't affect Garland. It just gives them a competent backup. Whereas Prince, there's a real chance that he could come in and actually start for this team at Power Forward. He won't be a guy that I'd be looking to draft in standard leagues. His upside is maybe as a top 130 guy in best-case scenario, and this is not best-case scenario. I think he's significantly overrated as well, so I wouldn't be getting too excited about Torian Prince there. This one's an interesting one. The Pistons clearing cap space. For what reason, I have no idea. So they went out and they signed Mason Plumley to a contract which was ridiculous last year. They played him at times over Isaiah Stewart this year, and then they traded him along with pick number 37, and uh, sent him to Charlotte, so they got pick 57 back. Now, Plumlee is probably going to be the Hornets' starting center. We don't know because they could make moves in free agency. But if he's their starting center, he's absolutely a, a draftable player, like a top 100-ish sort of guy, with less likelihood of being shut down down the stretch like he was with fake injuries in uh, Detroit. So it is a curious move. Obviously, this boosts the value of Isaiah Stewart significantly. Stewart should be getting 30-plus minutes a night. For the uh, for the rest of this for next season and the and uh, we'll see what happens after that. But he should be getting thirty plus minutes a night. Isaiah Stewart. I don't know what the cap space is for in Detroit. They make numerous curious moves with stretching guys and and salary dumping guys. They literally just signed. Um, I, I I don't understand it, but they did it, and that was a trade that happened. And then the last trade of the night was Isaiah Jackson who was selected with that pick 22 from the Wizards. They got in the Westbrook trade. He went to the Pacers, and they get back Aaron Holiday and pick number 31. So I don't know what the Pacers are doing when they've got Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and Goga Badadze. Uh, and they had um, uh, you know, Jakar Sampson, although he's a, he's a free agent. O'Shea Brissett, who's playing at Power Forward. Jackson's going to need time there. Maybe they're looking to ship out Miles Turner. It's a curious trade. Holiday yeah, was up and down in his time during... Um, at Indiana, and he is a solid backup point guard for uh, the Wizards. Maybe he's their bloody starter because I don't know who's starting there at the moment with no uh, Russell Westbrook. Of course, there is Hal uh, Neto and Ish Smith who both may be around or might not be around, but there is an opportunity for Holiday to maybe be a sneaky, maybe deeper league fantasy guy there in Washington. They are all the trades that, uh, that did happen. Uh, well, that didn't include only draft picks, but now, um, now we have to move on and look at what actually did go on in this NBA draft, because those trades were wild, quite obviously. And there were some, I'll just give a blanket statement now, kids, I'm probably going to swear during this podcast. I'm probably going to do it because there are some things that were absolutely mind-blowing in this draft. So let's talk about what went on. Number one, Cade Cunningham. I don't need to talk too much about that. Cade is going to be a fantasy draftable player next year. Cade has a, a legitimate chance to be a top 30 fantasy guy. You never draft him there, but that's probably where he's going to end or has a chance of ending up. I uh, love that pick for Detroit. Absolute no-brainer. I would have picked Mobley personally at, at two for Houston, but I think it's you know, a toss-up there, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. To get Jalen Green at number two for the Houston Rockets, a smart pick for Houston. We'll talk more about what they did later on. Really, really good pick for Houston. I'm not sure he's going to be a high-end fantasy guy because I think efficiency will be a problem. And then can he supplement that with other stats? I don't know. 
But as a late, you know, last two-round pick guy, probably going to be okay. Again, haven't done projections, so I don't know. At number three, Evan Mobley. His fantasy game translates really well. Will they start him next to Jared Allen? Will they bring Jared Allen back? What do they do with Kevin Love and Larry Nance? I, I think there's a legitimate chance that Mobley starts the season coming off the bench just because Nance and Love and Allen could all be there. But literally, none of those three could be there by the time the season starts. Love the pick for the Cavs to get Mobley at three. They didn't overthink it. They didn't trade out of an elite top three. Who These are all number one pick type players. So to get him at number three, Mobley, I think that's a really, really good selection from Cleveland. He, to me, has higher fantasy upside than Jalen Green. He's probably got in yeah, next season, if he played 30 minutes a night, the top 80 is legit. Maybe top 60, maybe top 50. Honestly, if he played 32 minutes a night, he might be top 50 off the bat. I think he can be top 20 in time. But if he doesn't work out and if he's just not actually good enough and can't stand up on the court and he's not strong enough and the offense doesn't come along, then then there is a ch- there is a bust chance there for sure. But the fantasy value is through the roof for Mobley. I am going to do a Dynasty Rookie Ranking show. I need to sit on this a little bit and digest it. It'll come out probably Sunday night. Um, but Kate will be one and Mobley will be two on my Dynasty Rookie Rankings list. I'm like, oh, that's, uh, that is the spoiler alert for you there. Number four, um, phew, I hate it. Absolutely hate this for Toronto. Now, I know you don't doubt Masai Ujiri, and that's fair enough. I will give him some benefit of the doubt. But I just hate this pick of Scotty Barnes going to Toronto at number four. Barnes can't shoot. Maybe he's not even a good defender at the NBA level. That's probably false because I'm sure he will be a good defender. He's probably going to be a great defender. And he's a really good passer. But he's not that good. I would not have taken him at number four, personally. I had him, uh, what, at number nine or 10, I think, in my mock draft, somewhere around there. Um, I I don't think he's that that useful. I would not have, definitely would not have taken him at this selection. I think his fantasy value with his poor poor free throw percentage, um, poor scoring, low threes, maybe poor field goals, maybe not enough minutes to be impactful. He's not going to be a draftable sort of player. Hated that pick. Number five, the other Jalen, Suggsy, goes to the Magic. Well, when one of the top four players slides to you at number five, I think you've got to take him. I don't care that they've got Fultz and RJ Hampton and uh, Cole Anthony. I don't care. You just take that guy that's there because Suggs is you know, easily got a chance to be better than Hampton, easily got a better chance to be better than Cole Anthony and could be better than Markel Fultz. You just take him, you figure it out. Who knows how Fultz's recovery is going? You know, you trade Hampton, you trade Anthony, whatever you do, you just take Suggs. Now, I don't think Suggs is going to be a fantasy impact guy because all those guys are still around and Terrence Ross is still there. But that is an absolute no-brainer pick for me to get Suggs at number five for Orlando. Absolutely love that pick. Just sensational stuff. Through really nothing they did. They just waited and he he came to them at number five, which I absolutely love for uh, for Orlando. At number six, I love this one as well. Josh Giddy goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I had Giddy at six on my mock draft and that's exactly what happened. No, the, the Thunder drafting point guards doesn't mean that they're trading Shea Gildas-Alexander because Shea to me is a guy that can handle it. But I think ideally he's a shooting guard. Giddy is probably ideally a small forward, big point guard sort of guy that you can play with smaller guards too. I, I think Giddy is going to be a very good NBA player. He may start as a rookie. I think he will probably, as we move on in the season, start. And I think when he does get that starting nod, his ability to generate rebounds and assists and get some steals probably, do a bit of scoring, I think will make him fantasy relevant. I don't think he'd be drafted outside of the last pick. I'd need to see what they do in free agency and how their roster shakes up. But I love this selection for OKC. 
fantastic. They didn't fall into the trap of getting James Booknight at that spot, which it seemed like they were going to do. I love this selection for them. Um, absolutely fantastic. At number seven, the Warriors choose Jonathan Kaminga. And we can talk about teams choosing or drafting for fit versus best player available. And I think that this is neither drafting for fit or drafting for best player available. Now, it is drafting for a guy with legitimate upside. But if there's ever a team that needs someone with you know, decent basketball IQ who can hit shots in a team that wants to win now, it's the Warriors. They took a bloke with some limited offensive IQ and defensive IQ who can't shoot in James Wiseman last year, and it was actually a disaster. So what's Kaminga? Now, I understand you've got to, you do have to build for the future as well, but I don't even think Kaminga was necessarily the best pick there. I don't, I'm not 100% out on it because I do recognize that his upside is through the roof. Big body, good frame, long, tall. Mate, his shot looks okay at times. Defensive upside, it is all there, but it might not ever get there. And I, I just, yeah. For the Warriors, um, I, I'm not convinced that that is the right pick. I wouldn't have picked it for anybody there personally. I could see if another team, like if, Orla- if, he, if he was on the board at eight for Orlando and they want to take him, no worries, go for it. Fine, totally fine. For the Warriors, I I don't feel it at all. Number eight, Franz Wagner. They've got the two Wagners now in Orlando. Mo Wagner's there as well. I love this pick for Orlando. There are other guys I probably would have taken ahead of him, but I still think that's a really, really solid pick. A guy that can play the three with that size, whether he comes off the bench with Truma Akiki and John Isaac, I don't know. I think he can start over one of those guys or over a Kiki and be a nice connector piece to go with Fultz and Anthony and Suggs and Hampton. And it can defend on the wing. Uh, there is obviously some shooting concerns there, but he's not a horrendous, he's not a Giddy or Barnes in terms of shooting, but as a defensive wing stopper who can play up at power forward at times and can be a connector on the wing, I love that pick for them. Um, number nine was the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento, what the fuck are you doing? Davion Mitchell goes to the Kings. So like I roasted the Suns for selecting a backup center at number 10 with Jalen Smith, and we can talk about best player available in fit again, but when you've got De'Aaron Fox there, why are you taking a guy who's legitimately just a backup to De'Aaron Fox? Oh, and your third place rookie of the year finisher is also a shooting guard slash point guard in Tyrese Halliburton. And Mitchell's not even the best player available there. He's old. He's small. He can't shoot very well. Actually, that's not true. Let's rephrase that. He shot 40% from college in one season. Bad numbers the other two years. And was has, can't hit free throws. And I'm not convinced that that small sample size, one-year three-point shooting jump is real. So let's say I'm not convinced that he can shoot. In fact, he might be a bad shooter. I don't know if you can run him as a full-time point guard, but he's too small to be a shooting guard and he can't shoot. What are you doing? To me, he's a pick in the 20s. But rest assured, this isn't the only stupid pick that happened. And I, I, I look, again, I could be wrong. All this shit goes out of whack every year. I could be wrong. The GMs could be wrong. I just fucking hate it. I just hate this pick. And again, it's not even the worst one that I'm going to talk about in the next five. Number 10, this one's pretty rough as well. Zaire Williams goes to Memphis. Now, there are reasons why Williams' season was pretty pretty terrible, honestly, at Stanford. COVID, they were on the road, injuries. He didn't shoot at all. He was a highly talented, 
high school player, really, really highly ranked high school player that didn't play well in college. Shout out to Nasir Little. Even shout out to Cam Reddish. Reddish has been okay, but there are plenty of guys who are highly ranked high school players that have shit years in college, and that doesn't mean they become highly ranked NBA players. Williams has some athleticism, I guess. I just, to me, no. I didn't even have him in the first round in my last mock. Now, maybe that was going too far, but at pick 10, Memphis, Jesus, that is uh, that is pretty shitful, if I do say so myself. Guys, Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar you can buy. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to someone who's had a Built Bar, they know what they want. Cho- chocolate, cho- uh, sorry, double chocolate, German chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, coconut, so many great flavors. But if you don't know what your favorite is, just grab a mixed box and you'll get all of the flavors, two of each. Check out the macros as well, because these aren't just healthy. Like I said, these aren't just flavorful. They are healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and just four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's go on to the next bunch of picks. Number 11 is James Booknight going to the Hornets. I can't believe Booknight fell. Yeah, fell. Probably went 10 picks too early, in my mind anyway. Now, he is a very good athlete. He can't, he's, he's a good scorer. He gets up and he dunks it well. All that, all that is true. He's going to come off the bench, you would assume, behind Rogier and LaMelo Ball. Malik Monk, his ass is out of there. Devontae Graham, he's probably not hanging around. But Booknight, to me, is a guy with some pretty questionable basketball IQ. He's an okay defender. He's a good rebounder, but passing, not even close to being his thing. Shot selection, no. He's a great, he's a great shooter. Is he, though? He shot like 29% from three. I know he had the elbow issue. I know he's explosive. I just, again, just another one of those picks that I'm just not feeling. And it's still not the worst pick in the, top, in the, in the lottery. It, I, I didn't like it at all. There are plenty of people who will be loving it and love how exciting it is, and it is electric. And I think it's going to be fun to watch when he gets out there with Lamella. But at pick 11, there's a lot of players on the board that I would much, much rather have than James Booknight. One of those players that I would not rather have was what the Spurs did at number 12, Josh Primo of Alabama. Yes, he's the youngest player in the draft. He did shoot um, 40% from three. But what are you doing? He averaged eight. Oh, sorry, what did he average? Uh, eight points per game. Um, he shot. He did shoot thirty-eight percent from three on one hundred and thirteen attempts. Not enough volume. He averaged 0.8 assists and 0.6 steals in twenty-three minutes. He's young. I know that. But San Antonio. It's just. Is it a worse Lonnie Walker? And that's not saying anything good. What on earth is the point of this pick when so many good options were available? I have not been more baffled with a first-round pick in a few years, I'd say. I, I don't, that is horrendous. Since Georgios Papianis, maybe. I, I just I don't, I don't get it at all. Again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Spurs did a better job of scouting him than everyone else who scouted him. And even if you think he's the pick, trade down. No one's taking him at 13, 14, 15. No one. It's just, 
not that there were huge amounts of trade downs and trade ups in this draft also, to be fair. But that, seriously, when you saw me tweet it, if you saw me, saw me tweeting, I just said, what the fuck? Like, I, I have, I can't, I can't explain it. Should we keep going with some shit ones? Number 13, Indiana chose Chris Duarte. All these teams are so upset they weren't able to trade up to get Duarte. The dude is 24. Oh, who cares how old he is? Me. I do. He is. And there is, and I said this the other day, there is a massive trope, furphy, whatever it is you want to say about oh, well, older players. They're just NBA ready. Bullshit. It is not a rule that you can... Pl- oh, Duarte, man. He's, just, he's ready. He's ready. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's ready. Lamelo Ball was drafted at 18-1 Rookie of the Year. Was he not NBA ready? Was Jimmer Fredette at age 22 drafting the lottery NBA ready? No. It's bullshit. He beat up on college opponents at age 24. He's six years older than them. And that age gap makes a difference there. Now, and what do they want him to be? Let's take a seventh man guard who's, who is a good shooter, but maybe at best taps out at 23 minutes a night. I, I don't, shooting is, is very key in the NBA. I, I understand that. The bloke who went one pick later is like five years younger. This pick makes no sense to me at all. If he was this good, he wouldn't be here getting drafted at age 24. He would have been drafted five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. Am I hating on the bloke because he's old? Yeah, I guess so. But it's also just a reality. By the end of his first contract, he's basically out of his prime. And the pace is winning and everything there where they go, we need to get this immediate production from a guy on his rookie contract who might not even be able to immediately produce. Insanity. I didn't like the Warriors' first pick that much at seven. Love this one at 40. They went with Moses Moody. When you look at Moody, 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 Moses Moody, Moses Moody. Sorry, Moody, Moody, No, no. Uh, it is, in fact, Moses Moody. Thanks, Perk. Glad you're on TV. Love this pick. Could have taken him at five, legitimately. Like, he could have been a guy that, well, not over Suggs, but he could have gone at number five overall behind Suggs in this draft. Really, really... Good frame, six foot six, shooter, creator for himself, creates his shot, a little bit of passing ability, really good wing defender. If they took him at seven and Kaminga at 14, absolute home run pick to me. And in the end, they get the two guys. They just get them in at flip positions. So I love this pick for the Warriors. I think it's a fantastic selection to get Moses Moody. There are other guys I probably would have had ahead of him slightly at this spot, but not by much. Real bees dick in that. Love Moses Moody there. At number 15, Corey Kispert. Of Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Goes to the Washington Wizards. What are they doing? Are they building a contender, are they? Now, I know that... Look, having Westbrook didn't make them a contender because at this point in Westbrook's career, he's just a guy that puts up numbers and doesn't always positively contribute to winning in a huge way. And they could end up being in literally exactly the same spot this season they were last year. But Kispert, like Duarte, is old. 22 or 23. He is a good shooter. Defensive concerns. Can't really do much passing-wise. Has Can do more than just spot up, though. But there are there are better options out there than Kispert. Again, this, these picks from Mitchell, um, Booknight, Primo, Duarte, Kispert. Like I, they, just, they just didn't make any sense, really, to me, 
whatsoever. I throw in Zaire Williams, just an absolutely weird, weird area of this draft. Horribly weird. Kispert, yeah, look, he's got to battle um, Denny Avdia, I guess, for the starting spot next year, next to Hachimura. There's Bertans as well. Unlikely that any of these guys, Booknight, Primo, Duarte, Moody, Kispert, have any real fantasy impact would be my guess. At number 16, Alperen Shengun goes to the Houston Rockets. He should have been picked in the top seven, eight. I had him fourth on my mock draft. I probably would have put him down to five. I really, really was being serious. Unbelievable steal here. Now, the Thunder had this pick, and they traded away for a couple of lightly protected, oh, sorry, not lightly protected, heavily protected first-round picks. Stupidity, I think, from the Thunder to trade that pick away. Unbelievable stuff from Stone to get Shengun. Now, there is still Christian Wood there. I would say this, I don't have Kelly Linux coming back, but Shengun and Wood together, it can happen. There is a real chance that Shengun does have an opportunity this year to start games. He probably won't, but maybe he has a chance to. And if they go full tank and are really shit at it in the year, Shengun could be a fantasy relevant guy. Love this for him, love the spot for him. I think Wood is not going to be on this Rockets team past the trade deadline, would be my guess. Um, love this pick for Houston. Love it for Shengun. Uh, just love that all around. Fantastic. 17, the Pelicans. That's a selection they got from um, Memphis in that Valentunas deal. Kenneth Murphy the third, Trey Murphy, goes to the Pelicans. 6'9 shooter. I think that's a really... Now, there are some guys, again, I probably would have had ahead of him here in this spot, but not many, if if any, really. I, I really love this pick for them. A guy that's on the wing that can that can shoot, at lights out, really good defensive stuff as well. Can't do too much else, but play him off Zion and Ingram. Let them create and handle and let him sit out there and bomb. I, I love this pick for Murphy. Again, he's not going to be a fantasy-relevant player. Absolutely fantastic pick for them there. Number 18, the Thunder go with Trey Mann. No, not for me. Um, good size guard. Maybe he can be a lead ball handler at some point. To me, he profiles more as a long-term backup. Other guys I would have gone for at this selection instead, but you know, it's okay to get Trey Man there. Um, yeah, he's going to be fighting with with Giddy and uh, the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon in that area, a Ty Jerome in that pick there, or in that zone with the Thunder. They've got so much more they can do, though. So I wouldn't be... Or Kemba Walker's still there, obviously. Who knows for how long, but it's a solid enough pick. The Charlotte Hornets, they end up getting pick 19. Now, the Knicks were in prime position to steal some really good players, and they traded both of these picks away, 19 and 21. Now, they did get packed 25, and they did make some nice selections in the second round, but I don't know what the point is for the Knicks of trading away these selections. I have I have no idea why you are trading away these picks. And I get... I get Charlotte doing it, getting this future first rounder. I just I, the Knicks, I don't get. I wouldn't have taken Kai Jones here personally. I don't know if he can actually play basketball really at all. I know he can jump. He's athletic, super athletic, but can he actually play? I don't know. But he can develop there behind Mason Plumley. Um, and and there is a chance he could be fantasy relevant in a few years' time. But I'm not banking on that. Number twenty is Jalen Johnson going to the Hawks. Obviously, a small role for him with all the players they've got, but just a great opportunity for him to develop. There are other guys I would have taken if I was Atlanta, but 
I had Johnson at number 19 in my mock draft. I think this is absolutely the right area for him. He's a guy that plays as a three slash four who can handle and can pass. The shot is a worry, but defensively, he's really good. I think it's a really, really strong pick for Atlanta. At 21, Keon Johnson goes to the Clippers. This was the Knicks pick who they traded away. Love this for the Clippers. Real athleticism there. Um, Defensive ability. Shooting is, again, somewhat of a concern, but just adding guys around Paul George and maybe Kawhi, hopefully Kawhi, hopefully Kawhi returns, um, and, a, and a Reggie Jackson type, a guy that can come in, play 10 minutes in bursts, you know, occasional games, and really be athletic and, and develop. I, I like that for them. 22 is Isaiah Jackson. I already talked about that a little bit. That was the Lakers pick that went to the Wizards and then was traded to the Pacers. Big man, power forward slash center out of Kentucky. And again, Kentucky guys, there is an element of benefit of the doubt going to those players. Good rim protector. I think he can develop into something, a little bit of a stretch guy as well. I don't hate it if it wasn't them and they weren't trading away something to get him. Again, with other guys on the board who I think are better, but not not a bad selection, Isaiah Jackson, in, in a vacuum. But of course, we're not in a vacuum because the Pacers gave up assets and picked him when I don't really know what his need is there, but that's fine. The Rockets, talk about guys getting stolen. Again, Usman Garuba at 23, the best defensive player in this draft, goes at 23. Could Garuba and Shingun end up playing together? Maybe. One guy's all defense, one guy's all offense. I could see that pairing working in the future. Garuba's going to be limited this season in terms of how much he actually plays. Yeah, Tate's got to play the four as well. Um, of course, there's Shingun, there's Wood. But he is really interesting as a long-term developmental piece. And he's going a bit... Maybe he never plays more than, say, 26 minutes a night at his best case, but really high-level defensive player. Number 24, they take a flyer on Josh Christopher. I'm not that big on Christopher, but I think it's totally okay here. I think in my mock, I had Cam Thomas going there. They're not that dissimilar of players, just gunners who will take lots of shots and don't really do too much else with questionable shot selection, and that's where Josh Christopher goes. To Houston at 24. Now, the Knicks at 25. Quentin Grimes. Um, yeah, no. Nah. Now, last year, they made a good pick with Emmanuel quickly at 25. Can Lightning strike twice? A 6'5 guard who played for Houston. He averaged 18 points per game. He did shoot 40% from three. They're all positives. But I, I just don't think that he was really worthy of a first-round selection. I, can he develop into a long-term starter? I have my doubts at 25 that that's fine again, but there are other guys on the board. Jaden Springer, Sharif Cooper, who we're going to talk about a lot later on in the show, apparently. Um, They were all available. Jared Butler, Bones Highland, Deuce McBride, all those guys I would have taken ahead of uh, Quentin Grimes at 25. 26, it is Bones Highland going to Denver. I love this for Denver. Just can slide into the Will Barton role. Probably not as quite good of a ball handler, but really good shooter, shot creator, Maybe he has an opportunity for a role with uh, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, out. I think that's a great pick by Denver to get Bones, who really should have been in the top 20. Cam Thomas goes at 27 to the Brooklyn Nets. When's he ever going to get a chance to just go out there and shoot? I, I guess it's more of a long-term play, but he averaged like what, 28 or 24 points per game in the SEC for LSU last year as a freshman. Really good numbers, but high usage, which he's never going to get here. And again, what else can he do? If the ball's not in his hands, can he do anything else? And the answer at this point is no. He's not needing to do anything, but I don't really see the Nets take why they took him. But again, it's just a long-term play. Number 28, the package. The package! 
Jaden Springer goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. They stole Tyrese Maxey last year. I think they've stolen Jaden Springer here as well at 28. He's probably not going to get a huge amount of run as a rookie. Who knows what happens with Ben Simmons? I do think Simmons will get traded in the next few weeks. But yeah, other players can come back. Lowry might end up in here. Um, but this is a long-term play. Um, some time to develop. I think he's going to be a good NBA yeah, starting caliber guard. 29, the Nets picked again. Dayron Sharp. They were enamored by this guy, his size and his rebounding. I don't particularly like him. I don't think he can be an NBA starting caliber big man. But yeah, that, and they're not going to use him with Claxton and Jordan there and Blake Griffin playing center. He returns and Jeff Green returning perhaps. Um, he's not really going to play this year. Maybe they develop him. I don't, I don't really see it there. And then at number 30, the Memphis Grizzlies. Last pick in the first round. They go uh, with a guy I didn't have as a first-round player, and that is Santi Aldama, who really did beat up on a low level of competition playing for Loyola. He averaged 21 and 10 with 1.7 blocks. He hit, what, 37% of his threes on five attempts, stretch five type player. That's fine. Obviously, they lost Valanciunas, and they bring in Stephen Adams. Aldama probably won't play much this year with Tillman and Clark and Jackson there. There is, there is something there maybe for him. I would have liked it five or 10 picks later, but I don't, I'm not completely against him at pick number 30 there. It's hard to be two against some of these picks. Although, again, with, with one guy absolutely just standing out like dog's balls still on the board, it's, uh, it's going to be confusing for every one of these guys that didn't pick Sharif Cooper. 31, Isaiah Todd of the G League Ignite goes to the Wizards. Yeah, I think that's, again, fine. Is he a, more of a power forward than a center? Probably. He can shoot a little bit. I think he played pretty well for the G League team. I, I like that selection of Isaiah Todd at 31 to the Wizards. Not going to have an impact this year. The Thunder ch- taking Jeremiah Robinson Earl out of Villanova. Uh, a power forward, just an, a, another biggish sort of body for them. Totally fine pick. Number 33, the Clippers. Preston. I like that guy. Preston. Jason Preston. Love this pick for them. I thought he could have even snuck into the first round. Really, really good. Maybe he's a career backup point guard, but with Jackson and Beverly, you know, not really long-term options. You know, Preston's got a chance to develop and maybe become a starting point guard in two, three years. Love this pick. Now, I hated what the Knicks did with their trade downs and their pick at 25. But at 34, Rockus Jokubitis, I like it. 6'5", point guard from Lithuania. Don't know whether he comes over this year. Regardless, he's not going to play because it's Tom Thibodeau or play any sort of size role, but they still don't have a point guard. Unless you count Alfred Payton or Frank Nilekina, which you shouldn't. I don't think you want a manual quickly full-time as a starting point guard. Maybe you do. But Jokubitis is just a nice flyer type there. Pelicans, Herb Jones, really, really solid defensive wing player. I think that's a strong pick. You know, put it like with a Najee Marshall sort of role that he played this year. Maybe Jones can get to that level. Yeah, Marshall, of course, undrafted in last year's draft. Solid pick for Herb Jones. 36, Juice McBride goes to the Knicks. And this, I love this for the Knicks. They nailed these two picks. Juice should have been a first-round pick to me. Hard-nosed defensive guard. You could make an argument that he's a better defender than Davion Mitchell, who went at pick nine. He's a little bit on the small side. McBride, I think he can shoot. I think he's got some passing. I love that pick. And then at number 37, the god of hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. He goes to the Charlotte Hornets. Love it. Again, probably should have been a first-round player. Good upside pick. Can develop behind Bridges and PJ Washington. No rush to play him. Take the Jalen McDaniels minutes, perhaps, as a 3-4, maybe a 5. Every chance he ends up a better player than Kai Jones, who they traded up to get earlier on at pick 19. 
Um, I love this pick for Charlotte. The Bulls at 38 select Ayo Desomnu. Is this just one because they didn't want him to like say he wanted to go home after two years? Local boy, Illinois. Again, plenty of guys on the board, such as the guy pick number 40 that I would have preferred for Chicago. I don't know what they're doing at point guard this year because Kobe White's going to be out for a fair chunk of time. Thomas Sadoransky may or may not be back. Desomnu's not the answer. To me, he's just a career backup guy who's probably maybe third string in the, for the next three years. I don't love that. Number 39, the Kings, Nemeas Keita. Huge, huge statistical profile. Big rebounder. Great rim protector. Good, great defensive player. I think that's a really good pick from Sacramento. Hated their early pick, but I think that's a really good pick. At 39, you don't know what's happening with Hassan Whiteside. The world. I mean, you should know because he's shit house and he should be going somewhere else, but having a guy that can come in, maybe if Rashawn Holmes returns or doesn't, you know, Kate is going to have an opportunity to be a backup. And then I love what Utah, Utah did at number 40, Jared Butler. He fell way too far. I think he's a better player than Davion Mitchell. Yes, the heart concerns were worried, but the NBA cleared him. The Jazz wanted this guy. They would have picked him in the 20s. They traded down from pick 30, got future two future picks, and still got the guy that they wanted. This is who they wanted at 30. They got him at 40. Masterful stuff from Utah. Getting a guy who fell. Probably could have been picked in the teens. Getting him at 40, plus picking up extra assets, is sensational stuff from Utah, I think. Number 41, the Spurs take Joe Weiskamp. Really good shooter. Getting some wing-sized players is important. Probably never be a starter, but rotation player for sure. Solid enough pick as a really good shooter. Again, Sharif Cooper was on the board. That's just for all of these picks. All right, Sharif Cooper was on the board. You could have taken him, but I like it. 42, Isaiah Livers goes to Detroit. Local guy. Um, big man. Yeah. Will he ever develop into anything sensational? Probably not, but that's solid enough. The Blazers get into the draft and, and make a uh, selection here by getting Greg Brown the third from Texas, hyper-athlete, much like Derek Jones Jr., but not really sure what else he can do. Worth taking a flyer on as a second-round guy. He'll barely play as a rookie, as most of their rookies don't. And then they'll try to develop him by not sending him to the G League. Love what Brooklyn did here at 44, though. Kessler Edwards. Love this pick. Really good shooter on the wing. That's, that's sensational value for me. I would have had Edwards ahead of Livers, Wisecamp, Brown. I would have had him ahead of all those guys that went three picks ahead. Love this for Brooklyn. And then at Boston, they're at Boston at 45, their only pick, Yuhan Begarin. Athletic wing, 6'6 guard, um, played for Paris in uh, in France and will stay in France for one more year. Not sure he translates as a great fantasy guy, but you know, some athleticism there, which is interesting. 46, a guy that I hadn't really done any research on at all, Delano Banton, a wing Canadian guy but played uh, in, down in college in Western Kentucky. He goes to the Raptors, and they had back-to-back picks, selecting David Johnson of Louisville, another guard, who, again, these guys, I don't really think they are NBA-caliber players. Well, Johnson maybe might be able to be a rotation guy. Nothing too exciting to see there. And then finally, at 48, the Hawks select Sharif Cooper. Um, No-brainer to pick him here. And a lot of people, oh, it's just Trey Young light. The difference, the, the similarity is that they're the same size, and they have bad defense. But Trey Young is a shooter, and Sharif Cooper is not. Now, Cooper gets to the line a lot. He's a very good passer. He generated a huge amount of offense for Auburn through his own usage and through his high assist percentage. I don't know if Lou Williams is back for Atlanta, but opportunity to develop him as a third stringer this year, maybe he's into a backup point guard. And I think he can get you get some um, currency as a starting point guard in the NBA. And you don't care that you have Trae Young because if he develops into that guy, that you can trade him off, off for a, a late first, a mid-first round pick in future years. Love this. 
Number 49, Marcus Zegarowski goes to the Brooklyn Nets. That's Michael Carter-Williams' brother. Not sure he's big enough to survive in the NBA, but a guy that did, unlike Carter-Williams, did shoot really well and just getting another guard option. See, the Nets had tons of picks. Another guard option there for them. It's fine. Not sure he ever makes, makes it to the NBA and sticks as a regular player, but that's good. Love this from Philadelphia. They nailed it again. 50, Philip Petrosev. Stretch five, who played two years for Gonzaga, then went to Mega Basket and played over in Europe and averaged like 21 and 10 over there. Can block some shots, can shoot, can score, can rebound. Is an absolutely fantastic pick. Whether he contributes this year, probably not. But just a sensational selection to get Petrusev at 50. 51, Brandon Boston Jr. goes to the Clippers. Pelicans had this pick and sold it. Boston was pretty bad at Kentucky, but I under, taking a flyer here is fantastic. I would have taken it probably a little bit earlier. Love this pick for the Clippers. Number 52, Luca Gaza for the Pistons. Pistons, there are plenty of guys better on the board at this spot. I don't think he's an NBA caliber player at all. 53, Charles Bassey. Another amazing pick from Philadelphia. Could have easily been a first-round guy. Injuries are a concern, but getting a guy at this area just to see if he can stay healthy and be a good rebounder, good shot blocker, with some offensive upside, a really productive guy. 54, the Milwaukee Bucks select Sandro Mamakelashvili. Seton Hall, big man. Very intriguing. I would have taken him earlier as well. Aaron Wiggins goes at 55 to the Thunder. I don't know a huge amount about Aaron Wiggins, but I do know enough to know that he was probably a guy that can get drafted and can stick in the NBA maybe for a couple of years. Not super high upside, but I do like that for the Thunder. 56 is Scotty Lewis to the Hornets. Not keen on that pick. 57, Balsa Koprovica goes to the Pistons. Again, not a guy that I scouted uh, at all. So I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know a huge amount about, about him. I don't really think he's a big, big seven foot one center from Florida State. Maybe he goes back and plays in Europe. I don't know. 58, Jericho Sims from Texas goes to the Knicks. Worth a fly. I think I had him at 58 or 59 in my mock draft. That's fine. Raekwon Gray. Big power forward out of Florida State goes to the Nets. Not really sure he's going to be an NBA guy, but that's fine. And then number 60, uh, the Bucks get themselves another Greek guy. Georgios Kalatzakis goes to Milwaukee with pick number 60. That is the NBA draft. A couple of um, uh, undrafted signings that I have at hand at the moment. The Sixers got Aaron Henry. Great pick. Um, the Lakers, Joel Ayayi, great pick. The Pacers get Dwayne Washington. Eh, that's all right. And the Grizzlies, Romeo Weems. Just going to see if there's any other ones here. All right. Eugene Omarui goes to the Mavericks. Chris Smith to the Pistons. I don't have too many opinions on those. Justin Champagny goes to the Raptors. I like that one. Trendon Watford to the Blazers. I like that. Eve Pons to the Grizzlies. I like that. McKinley Wright to the Timberwolves. Solid pick. Um, Mac McClung goes to the Lakers. He's worth trying out, I guess. And they're the only ones that I can see confirmed at the moment. So I need to go through and uh, and have a look what else. But we'll go through more tomorrow. We go through team by team and let me sit and uh, and have a bit of a uh, a bit of a look through everything. But that does it for me today. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up. Leave a comment. Tell me what you thought of the draft. How did your team do? What do you think of my analysis of the draft? Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.